Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, right in a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post on. What up? Fran, what's going on? No, man, not much, man. Hey, can they hear me doing the intro when the music is playing? Because I was trying to get something on my teeth. Ah, we we will find out in editing. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was over here like smacking. Sound animalistic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, people people seem to you're infallible, man. Like yeah. people that love you, they love you. So it's fine. They probably like that more. Yeah. Uh, but enough about me. Um, I found out a couple days ago. Sure. That, you know how I live in the court, right? Uh, yes, I'm aware. I found out that in the early 1980s, uh huh, there was an unsolved murder on your block. On my block. Wow. It's still unsolved to this day. Yep. Do you want to bring no, it in? No, I don't or? want nobody in. No way I live out. I'm not oh, okay. I can tell you off air. Fair enough. Okay, But I just wanted to put Yeah, I just wanted to put out there that, yeah, man. Was it like some street what? shit or like some odd, like no, in a house, like some, like some, some dark shit? Some dark shit, bro. Oh, shit. All right. So I don't like to find that kind of information out there. That's why I don't Google my own home. I don't want to find out, you know, there's some crazy shit happening in this house. But know? that goes back to when we was talking about a couple episodes ago about, you know, our realtor. Does they have to, you know, disclose that information? to people. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's think wild, they do. Man. I don't think they do. Why would you? It'll blow your sail. Yeah. And you know, I mean, I'm, if it's like the Norman Bates Motel or some famous house yeah. that you just know, then you got to tell people because eventually they'll find out. But like somebody just got murdered here 40 years ago and didn't make a bunch of news. I'm not telling you. I'm going to sell this house. That's nuts, man. Is it a for sale sign outside of the house? No, somebody lives oh, in somebody it. Somebody lives in Are you going to go tell them? Am I going to tell them? Mm-hmm. No. I'm going to leave a letter in their mailbox no. or something. That could creep them out. No, I'm not going to do that. Then you come through, buy the house for cheap, and then you flip it. <laughs> yes, yeah, why? Use the information to your advantage, man. Yeah, you know, I guess I'm. Uh, I don't know a, about yeah, that. It's a whole pancetta out here. You know, you gotta get you gotta hustle how you can. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, man? What's going on? I'm good, man. I've been trying to keep up with this whole uh, GameStop fiasco the best I can. Oh, yeah. uh, everybody's you know, a Robin Hood. All of a sudden, oh my uh, god, goddamn you know, forex traders <laughs> and everybody's <laughs> buying stocks and everybody's. Watching the big short wild, and the Wolf of man. Wall Street, man. It's crazy how mm-hmm. that's, I'm, I'm just not in the stocks. I, I don't think it's that different than gambling if you don't know what you're doing. Also, if, if you don't have the money to invest, it's just not a smart decision. Like, yeah, you should not be hedging your bets 
on stocks because it's a waiting game. Typically, this is an unforeseen situation, but yeah. now everybody thinks like, oh, I'm going to put, uh, put a 500 in and that's going to turn into $5,000 tomorrow. Yeah. This is an, an, an anomaly. That's not typically how stocks work. And if that's what you're looking to do, you should not be doing that. Yeah. That's, that's not how stocks work. You need to be, unless you have massive amounts of capital, which is what the people on Wall Street do, and they're yeah. scumbags, and they're able to go, I have $100,000, <laughs> I'm going to buy you know, uh, 10,000 shares of this, and then if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You need to have disposable income to gamble yep. like that. you mm -hmm. know. And again, I'm trying to piece together this shit because just, I just was forced to because it dominated Twitter over the last couple mm -hmm. of days, and people... I think it's mostly jokes, but you know, every joke is, you know, there's a pinch, a pinch of reality in there, so mm -hmm. a lot of these jokes are also people that are definitely... You know, buying some stock. Yeah. And from what I can understand, basically GameStop, there's this group of people who decided to inflate GameStop stock because they heard about a um, like a hedge fund that was mm -hmm. shorting the stocks. And they said, fuck that. Let's, you know, let's try to fuck them. And it worked tremendously. Mm -hmm. Now, if you incidentally had GameStop stock, which the whole thing is. Unless you knew about this plan, you shouldn't have stock in any of these things because it's a bad investment. Yeah. These are failing businesses. GameStop, GameStop AMC, yeah. all these kind of things. So it's kind of funny because unless you were this group of small people and unless you're like in the annals of, of Reddit, which I'm not, you it, that's such a community to to be deep into Reddit. Isn't that like illegal? That? What do you mean? That's not insider. That's not insider trading. It is. I oh. mean, I mean, technically, I'm no. It's not insider trading because they just got together and decided to do a thing. Okay. It would be like if you if you and me were like, man, let's go. So insider out. trading is, is going. Hey, this is about the insider go trading is like, yo, this company is about to release some information tomorrow. The CEO is stepping down, or okay. so and so type of information like that. That's insider trading. Wow, though, that's just, that's just like uh, I just I call I we call connects. it a hookup. Yeah, yeah it's like, let's <laughs> call it a hookup. But it, but what it is is it's manipulating the stock market. Yeah, okay, because, it makes sense. And it makes yeah. sense, and it's in place because these people fuck people every day. They yeah. have to come up with some kind of rules. And really, I'm sure that's not that's really like you have to get blatantly caught to really get arrested or get yeah. in trouble for that. They do that every day. I'm sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact, people from these companies go on TV all the time and just kind of disseminate information like, yeah, you know, our CEO is getting kind of old. Who knows when he'll live? And then people get scared and they sell their stocks. And that's insider trading too. You're yeah. manipulating the stock market. Yeah. So that's basically what these GameStop dudes did, but it worked tremendously. Yeah. So they basically bought the stock, it inflated the price, and then this hedge fund had to buy the stock back at the end of the day at whatever price it was trading at. Uh, yeah. So that's how they fucked them. And then uh robin hood the the fucking app that you know is supposed to be this application that lets the little man mm -hmm. buy stocks and it makes it accessible for everybody shut the shit down yeah which that is illegal yeah now that well, part they, is illegal they sent out well i have robin hood too so they sent out emails they sent out messages yeah like, with oh, a bunch of you can't buy. i was like yeah, yeah. Jesus. you can only sell gamestop amc whatever the things are that they inflated and they did that because these companies, within a matter of, of days, <laughs> lost billions of dollars. Yeah. It was the most am amazing uh, fucking of, you know, uh, the 1% the I've ever seen. It, yeah. was, like, it, it was like some shit from a movie. It was, it was like Mr. Robot in real life. Yeah. And then they, they, the, because the game is rigged, they took their ball and they went home. And then it's, it's over. <laughs> that's really what they did. Yeah. And that's illegal. Like, that's crazy to be like, oh, no, we're, we're losing money now. This is over. Game over. It's done. Shut it all down. You can only sell what you have left, but you can't do this anymore. And now they're fucked, and you're starting to see 
you know, there's a lot of people who play themselves as like, oh, I'm a politician that's in it for the little man, all this kind of stuff. You see in these moments when now they want regulation because there's been no regulation of the stock market for decades. Mm. But now all of a sudden they don't know how to stop this because now you can just do this anytime. Yeah. You could be like, man, let's bring back, let's uh, uh, invest money into DVDs or whatever and just inflate the stocks and then fuck somebody that's, you know, uh, betting against that, that, that stock. You can just do that whenever. So now they're scrambling trying to find a way to put a cap on that mm. so that the little people can't make some money when these millionaires and billionaires have been doing this literally for generations. That's always the plan. Yeah. So they one you know one you know once once the little man finds out about it it's like oh no this shit is over. Now. We got shut it down. Yeah, no, this is we can't have, we can't have everybody getting rich. No, no, no. So yeah, so it's <laughs> done. especially because the deeper you dive into that shit is when you find out like oh all this shit is bullshit. You yeah. know like when they like all that when you watch all that Wall Street and Wolf of Wall Street and all, it's all bullshit. They just buy, sell, take this, put it over here. Oh, yeah. I made a million dollars today. Okay, take this, flip it, buy it in this, and then drop it out at the end of the day. They're all just like taking money. They don't do anything. Yep. They don't make anything. There's no product. They're just like trading imaginary things. Yeah. They're trading stocks in companies and making hundreds of millions of dollars. It's so quite so quickly, it's crazy. Well, it's crazy because... I have Robin Hood also, but it's so easy just to go in this. You don't even have to know anything about stocks. No, it's you simple. Just guess. You just, you just guess. I'll, I'll buy this because it's up a couple percent or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like now people I d- didn't know was into it is mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden into it. And it's like I have Robin Hood all this time and I had, <laughs> I got on mine, I, I invested maybe like 40 bucks in it. Yeah. And mine went up to like $124. Yeah. But that was like over a year. Yes. Well, that's, people, the typical, <laughs> that's the typical pace right. of a stock investor. But that's over a year. But people are like, oh, they're throwing. I got it through 500. And I'm like, oh, y'all crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> what it is, there's there's different types of stock investment. And investing in volatile stocks is, yeah. is a risk for somebody with disposable income. Yep. Where you can go, oh, uh, I heard some information like this stock is supposed to jump 200% tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I can take $100,000 and turn it into $300,000 immediately. Yeah. But you you turning $40 into $100, I mean, that's cool. But, yeah. like, Nothing that's go crazy. Just, it's, it's just, it's just uh, it's people, people <laughs> something gets trendy, and now you got people taking stuff, money that they need. Like, I was going to get gas today, but let me take the 25 and I'm going to go ahead and invest that in, in AMC and you know, or in dog coin, wow. and you know, oh look, my twenty five dollars, I got fifty dollars, and that's like, okay, man, cool. I was like, where? I was like, where? Where is this all this coming from? Once <laughs> all Elon, of it down my tail, man. Once Elon Musk like, tested, once Elon Musk, t- Elon Musk tweeted about it, it was a wrap. People were like, oh, he has money, so let's try to get money him. like him. Yeah, yep. yeah, basically. So, <laughs> you know, it's pretty crazy, that's man. Funny. But um, I I don't follow any of that shit. I I like to invest in tangible things. I, I just. You know, and maybe if I had some disposable income, like I said, if I had like ten thousand dollars to just, and I wanted to invest it, high, do some high yeah. risk investing or something like that, take a thousand dollars and go. Oh, I heard a tip. You but know, and boom. It's, you know, like yeah. you said, it's gambling. Yeah, it really it, it's gambling. It's yeah. a little more educated. That is, that is what I do respect about it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if you really get deep into it, you can try to tra- you know do some trajectory on stock on on the stock market. Mm-hmm. But there's no predicting what happened this week. That's not typically what happens. And I think now you got all these people. It's the same thing with that show, WandaVision, right? Uh, yeah. um, Marvel came out with a show. Which I can't get into. I don't but know. that's the thing. You know, and I would consider you a casual, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, the Black Panther. Yeah. And all that. But, like, the the Wanda storyline, I am familiar with her ability to manipulate reality and everything. So I knew that was coming. So now everybody is like, this show is boring. I don't get it. I don't really understand the whole thing. And then this, the latest episode is when it all came together. 
Ah. But for people who knew that that's what was coming, you're like, oh, yeah, they're doing a thing. It's trippy. Like, that's cool. Most people were like, what is this? Like, every episode is a sitcom? It's like, no. It's reality manipulation. That's the whole thing. Oh, that's not how the whole show is? No. Oh. no. And that, but that's why people were like, this show's dumb. I don't get it. Yeah. And it's the same thing. People are going to be really disappointed when next week their stock investment doesn't quintuple in an hour because that's not how stocks work. And then eventually they'll stop and it'll go back to just being how it was where, you know, you either know about yeah. it or you don't. But right now you got a bunch of casuals flooding the stock trade industry and a lot of them are going to get played because they're going to be like, ooh, I made my $40 from GameStop turned into $200. I'm going to invest that in blip. And then that turns into nothing <laughs> yeah. because you need to sit on it for months for you to see a profit. And they're going to be yeah. like, this isn't doing anything. I'm out. Yeah. If I was, you know, if I was to get into it, that's what it would be. Just play the long game. Just yeah. Just money and let, it, let it sit. But I would invest. I would want to, I would want to invest in a company that I think is up and coming and yeah. make a real investment, yep. a couple thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not trying to turn, I could just, I would rather buy a scratch-up. Yeah, I would rather buy a scratch-up. <laughs> the thrill of a scratch-up is more fun to me than being like, I can turn this $20 into $40 yeah. in six months. I would rather buy a $5 scratch-off and maybe turn it into $15 right then and there, yeah. or it's just gone. I'd rather just know right then and there than to, to try to stock buy stock with $20, buy one stock. Yeah, like This stock's trading, it's $38 a stock. So I bought one stock, and if it goes up, then I get, a dollar mm -hmm. every time it goes up a point. It's like, man, I, if you don't really have the money to invest in the stock market, then just leave it alone. Man. It's like, a, it's just all, this is like a game for everybody. Yeah. Just, well, that's what it is right now. Yeah, yeah. But eventually those people will die off and it is bringing attention to the stock market. So maybe some people who have some dis disposable income now found out about a new way to maybe invest. Yeah. And that's cool. Cause I'm, I'm not like anti investing in the stock market. I'm just saying, there's people doing it right now where it's like that money can go towards something that's a little more necessary right now. And you don't need to be, you know, picking and choosing like, well, I was going to pay my rent, but that's I what. could flip the, I could flip the uh, rent today be with GameStop stock. It's no, like, no, that's not how rent. stock, that's not how stock typically works. This was a crazy <laughs> phenomenon, an anomaly. And you shouldn't think that you can just like, it's it's not like, uh, you know, uh, flipping the pack. Like you like buying a, a brick of weed and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to turn this $400 into $750. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. sell all this weed really quick. That's not how stocks work. It's yeah. not supposed to flip that quick and come back to you. That was an anomaly. Don't stock market uh, purchase with the rent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the PSA for this, this episode this week. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to move on from there because I don't really have anything else that I wanted to touch on. I have a random question though. Oh, can we you do have that? A random question? Oh, yeah. I was yes, about, to play, I was about I to play the celebration music, but yeah, we can take it. Yeah. Yes. So I have two. My first one is. Random question. Do it. What is something when you when you think about it or look at it, you go, or somebody has it, and you go, I don't, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Or like, what is that supposed to do? Like, what's the point for of example, it? For example, yeah. For example, I'll go first. Okay. The little um, what are those things called? Wind thing. When uh, they play the they they ring when the wind blows. Oh, a wind chime. What are, what are those? I don't. Um, I think it's just like vibes. I don't. You know, it, it's like the wind blows and it makes music. Terrible music. I don't. I don't. Yeah, understand. it's like a bunch of clanging and banging, yeah, basically. Like, but you know, some people are into that. It's very natural music. It's like the it's like the earth is, is singing it? a song to you. Is it because you're turning the wind into a sound? I don't have wind chimes on my house. I'm just trying to defend people who like to, you know, put patchouli oil and shit on themselves yeah. and whatever, like potpourri. I think it's a terrible and idea. That's but fine. I don't get a wind chime either. Yeah. A thing for me, yeah, I don't, I don't really get it, but I, I understand why. So, yeah. I understand the but mind state of a person who does. Like, I think a person who has wind chimes, yeah. I can paint a picture of them. They're either, like, really old mm -hmm. or, like, yeah. right. like middle-aged to younger hippies. Yeah. 
But, but most of the time it's like old people. Plays beautiful music. Like, no, I don't. Yeah, it's just like Chase. Like, <laughs> but again, if you if you buy into the concept of like, but the wind is doing that. If you buy into that bullshit of it, the Mother Earth of it all, then you could get in bo- yeah. on board with it. I just can't. I don't buy into that type of shit. And that person is probably a billionaire. The wind chime person? Oh, yeah, all those goofy goofy things like that. (laughs) The person who makes the lid that covers your food in the microwave. Yeah. Those are the ones where you don't even... The plastic ones? Yeah, (laughs) you don't even think about those. Like, somebody has the patent on that. Yes! And even though a bunch of companies probably make them now, there's a person who, like, I'm... I'm John Lid. I'm at the top he, of this. Yeah, he made, he made the patent <laughs> John for John Yeah, he made the patent for covering up your food in the microwave. <laughs> Me. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, something that I see somebody have, and I'm like, what's the point of that? Um, I don't really get Fitbits. Okay. I, it's like, I, I do get it, mm-hmm. but like, either is it exercise a wa- or it don't. Is, is it a watch? I, some of them are, I think. Okay. I so think there's a, there's, a watch, the watch. there's a watch feature. Before, I don't think it was. Like the but. Apple Watch, I get. It's a watch, it and it does the Fitbit thing. Yeah. But just to have something on your wrist that's like, you took a 1,000 steps today. I don't really get that. Yeah. So that's one. Another thing I don't get, those dangling nuts on trucks. I could go oh, off, yeah, you I brought, go you off you the page. I don't understand it. I don't, <laughs> what are you saying? Like, is your truck a boy? You're a boy? Like, what are you trying to say? Like, who's... Whose nuts are they supposed to represent? Are they supposed to represent your nuts? Yeah. Are they your truck's nuts? I don't know whose nuts. Whose nuts are these supposed to be? Yeah. Why are you putting them on display? Mm. I don't get that. My third, I'm going to go one last one. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't, this, and they don't even do this anymore. And, and, and we did it actually. So I, I didn't understand it while we, when we did it, but it was the thing. It was just the thing. I guess oh, the answer. What is it? The book bags. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, like there was a point in the late, mid-2000s where people were just, like, wearing book bags bags for fashion statements. Not to school. I mean, like, out to the movies, to the mall. Part of the fit. Yeah, you match your book bag with your shoes. But why? Oh, it didn't have any. I didn't even, like, it's not even, like, it's not even like this was a, tr- a wave where dudes were wearing book bags like purses. Yeah. My book bag had nothing. I didn't I had my hoodie in it. See, that was smart. See, that was... <laughs> see, that was I like how your brain. Uh, see, I, I had it was empty. It was just bang, jiggle around on my back. It was the emptiest book bag you've ever seen in your life. I didn't keep my phone in there. I didn't keep an extra some gum in there. It was just an empty book bag. Yeah. Which at this time now, looking at it, it's like I had a wallet, a phone. Like I could have made use out of that. And then yeah. my, my skinny jeans wouldn't have been busting with things. It was like what a weird, what a weird time because it's like everything was skinny. <laughs> Yeah. And so my phone was all bulk, bulky in my pocket. Why wouldn't I use? I have a like I have a luggage department on my back, and yet I was still stuffing the the phone, my yeah. my blackjack, you know, my my blackjack phone <laughs> into my uh my skinny jeans. Yeah. And you had a sidekick, which is which is massive. Yeah, and you were doing the same. You I were, yeah, I put my hoodie. I used to put that's fold it up, squish mm. it so it would be flat. Yeah, Keep so, my so back it didn't look so bulky. Yep, you didn't want it to look bulky. Yeah, but you could have put some stuff in there that you know sure. you had on some chaps, some chapstick things yeah. like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. those are my three. Okay, yeah, my other truck fr- truck nuts. Book uh, bags in the in the in a few about a decade plus ago, uh, yeah, probably about twelve years ago now, and uh, whatever Fitbits. I don't Fitbits. get Fitbits. So my second random question is, what is something that um, either either your your uh, your sister you have an older sister right yes. older sister your dad your mom grandma, what is something they told you or taught you that still stick with you to this day? Mm. Let me go first again. Yeah, go first. Yeah. So mine would be, it doesn't have to be like a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. So one time, how old was I? Maybe like seven or eight. My, me, my dad, my mom went to Friendlies, right? Uh huh. <laughs> went to Friendlies. 
Throwback. I'm, I'm excited, going to friendly, you know, get some food, some ice cream. Great ice cream. So I got, like a, I got like a Sprite, right? I got a Sprite. Mm-hmm. And no, but Sprite was Fruit Punch. Fruit okay. Punch. Fruit Punch. The Hawaiian Punch Fruit Punch? Yes. Yeah, yep. And then it was like, we got that. You know, you get your drinks first for your food. Yeah. So I'm throwing my juice back. Mm-hmm. And then my food come, but my juice is gone. Mm. Right? So my dad was like, so they gave me a refill. Right. So I got my food, but I was still... Drinking my, drinking all my juice, not eating my food. So my dad mm. goes, "Take this juice away. You eat your food." To this day, I don't drink until, you until I finish food. my food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drinking all the juice, getting yep. all full. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of reasons to not guzzle your juice before you eat your food. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have my. I didn't really. My sister didn't really. Mm. We didn't live together, so she didn't. Well, just somebody that's older. Than older you know, I have. Maybe, to, yeah. I have the other two. The examples that you have. I yeah, yeah. Do. So my dad, from a young age, my dad is is he's very like a handy guy, and I didn't mm. spend a lot of time with my dad, but I was around when he was doing a lot of like business things. Yeah. And is it, it's it's like dick advice, but it it is. I do still kind of listen to he, his advice was. I don't listen to anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was like, I mean, you can give me advice, yeah, you know, but I need to see it doesn't work for myself. Okay. So it's like, you know, if you go, oh, man, I probably would have built it like this. This is his example because mm-hmm. he, he builds things. I would have built it like this, and, you know, you probably won't be able to do this, so I probably would just not even do that part. He's like, oh, cool, thanks. And then he'll go and do, and it. do it. Now, he's been proven right yeah. more times than he hasn't because he's resilient mm-hmm. and will make it work. So even if it was like I did run into a little bit of a problem because that dude said I wouldn't be able to, yeah. but then I just finagled it <laughs> and ripped, flipped it this way, and then I patched it, and then boom, and then my because it's all about the vision. Okay, like if I, if like for me, if I see this podcast going a certain way, if I see social media content going a certain way, and somebody was like, yeah, but usually the best times to post are these times, and mm-hmm. I would go, okay, thank you for that, but I have a vision mm-hmm. of how I see it going, so. I'm going to do that. And if it doesn't work, then I'll, I'll, I'll adjust on the fly. Okay. But most of the time, if you listen to people outside of your circle that aren't even doing the shit, they're just coming in and just giving their two cents. Mm-hmm. If it goes wrong, you don't have anybody to blame because you're just going to go, I shouldn't have listened to that person. Right. So if you fuck up, there's really nobody to blame because this is what you wanted. Yeah. And I think that's just the best way to go about stuff is like, do it the way that you see it. And then make the adjustments when you hit that wall. Yeah, but I agree. if you but if you listen to somebody's out of the, the idea out of the gate and manipulate and twist your vision, then it's not even really your vision anymore. So you just That's try true. to see if your vision works, and then if it doesn't, then you then you manip then you come to you know you get once you get to that bridge, you try to you know you rebuild the bridge, you blow the bridge up, re, you know whatever. But once you conform to somebody's su- suggestions, it's not really are you even on the path that you started off on anymore? That's true, right? And then my grandmother's advice. I like that one. No, it's good. Yeah, it was, but it really is like, fuck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it really is at the core, but it's like, <laughs> advice these. Yeah. It's really what it is. <laughs> like, I, you know, I heard you, but yeah. I heard you, but I'm not listening. Right. To um, but I took it and made it more nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother, a lot of her advice, a lot of her advice is like, I just don't, I do the opposite of, of what she tells me to do. <laughs> my grandmother's very much... Um, superficial mm-hmm. and it works for her. Right. But I, so basically I see <laughs> the way that she treats people mm-hmm. based on her, her criteria of things. And mm-hmm. I go, 
That's not a nice way. <laughs> that's not a nice way to treat people. Yeah. And so I treat people the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I learned that from a very young age. I was like, okay, so that person's not like traditionally pretty to your standards. You don't have yeah. to tell them that. She's goddamn hilarious. She's very man. blunt. It's, it's it is. She's, <laughs> it's very funny. But like you can you can only get away with it as yeah, her. Yeah. You should you should not be giving people advice on like how to be you. But isn't that crazy people though? Should, people shouldn't be you. But that's wild though. It's cause of how how she is. It's delivery. She, it could just she could just like people can go. That's just how. That's she just is. her. It really is. <laughs> it, and and nobody else would be able to get away with a lot of the stuff that she does and yeah. says. But because it's her, she does. So you shouldn't be trying to t- tell people to do that because <laughs> other people might get fucked up. Right. Because she talks crazy to people. <laughs> I'm not even going to get into some examples. I could, and I'm not going to get into some examples. But she has said some straight up flagrantly crazy <laughs> shit to some people directly to their face. Oh, and people just go, uh. girl, you're crazy. And that's my grandmother. So I just go, everybody can't talk like that to people. Yeah. I, my grandmother really taught me to watch my mouth. Not from like talking to her or mm. like disrespecting her. I mean, like, it's like, Oh, somehow that person didn't punch you in the mouth, <laughs> but I, I don't think it would be like that for a lot of people. So I'm not going to talk to people that way. Right. And I learned that from a really young age. Like, don't, you shouldn't talk to people that way. You know, I think I'm a big fan of free speech, uh-huh. but you also got to be prepared for like what free speech brings. Yeah. If you talk crazy to somebody and they haul off and punch you in the face, you don't have any control over them doing that. <laughs> right. You had a right to say what you said. And I'm not saying they had a right to put their hands on you, but their reaction is their reaction. Right. So you can't just be like, yo, Fuck you. You're a bitch. And then it's like, you hit me? It's like, yeah, man, that's what they did. That was their reaction to your words. Right. And I just, that's how I carry it. It's like, you have a right to say everything you want to say. And I think that's the biggest detriment that the internet has done to this generation because it's like, you can just talk crazy to people and you never have to see them in person. Yeah. But I grew up in a time where you, I've seen dudes get just get duffed out like, at school and yeah. for talking crazy. You said, what on, on MySpace? Yeah, because you eventually you had to come across people, you yep. know? Like, we ca- we grew up when social media was just starting to come in. Yeah. So a lot of the people that you were talking to on social media, you saw. You, it was like, <laughs> we all know each other. Right. We just also get on MySpace. Yeah. Now, you're t- you're, when Twitter came out, it's like, you can talk to somebody in California. And Didn't matter. Talk crazy yeah. to them and all this type of shit. And you don't ever have to see these people. So you can just really talk crazy and say the most, cra- I see people say the craziest shit to people on social media. It's insane. Mm. And when I was coming up, I knew like, oh, I have to know how to fight to talk like that. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not that good of a fighter. I can handle, a, I, you know what I am? I, I pick my battles. I'm like, I know when I can beat somebody. <laughs> I just kind of size them up. So I talk crazy to people. Yeah. I know I, if it really went there, I'll go, I, I, know, I, I know how far I can take it. Yeah. But if I size you up and I go, they would probably fuck me up. Yeah. Then I won't go. I'm not going to start talking crazy to them. No. And that's something Stupid you got to know. Yeah. Remember that time you went to the movies? I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I had on I had on some shoes. They were Rod Lever Adidas. These are very popular shoes now. Yeah. I had them on. They weren't. People weren't G-units. up on them. It was, they weren't G-Units. Oh, they were I Rod, thought they was G-Units. But they weren't. You saw the Adidas Leaf on them, though. Uh-huh. Did I? Okay. You, you, <laughs> I tell you like this. If you didn't, it didn't matter because it was there. Right. But anyway, I will continue my story. Yep. I didn't have on G-Units. Them shoes before their time. <laughs> I had these shoes. And we walked into the movie theater and there was a, a, a posse. Mm, yeah. uh, it was, you know, I don't even, you know, it was, it was like 15 dudes and they had split down the middle. So it was like seven dudes on one side and seven dudes on the other side. And they had made like a tunnel, mm-hmm. so I guess for girls when they come in, yeah, which is course. terrifying. Also, fuck those dudes from Harlem. And there was like these dudes beat up this black girl. It was terrible. Saw fuck that. them. Yep. I hope somebody needs to deal with those guys. Those guys. But anyway, I wasn't a woman in this situation. It was me, me and my 
Rod Lever Adidas. Mm-hmm. They were not G-Unit sneakers. But anyway, I walk, we're walking through, you know, we're going to go see, you know, I don't know, Blade 3 or whatever we're going to go or see. Something. And somebody was like, yo, were those G-Units? Yeah. No, oh, it was. Boom. I got, yeah. no, I was, oh. I, I don't have a laugh track. What? What? Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> I thought I had a laugh track. Anyway, it, the, the crowd was in an uproar. And yeah. then I just was like, head down, we will keep on walking. Yeah. Because what do I say? There's nothing to say. I yeah. turn around and go, no, they're not G-Units, actually. And then then we get mobbed, yeah. right? What happened after that? I don't know. You remember? I said, <laughs> after that happened, I go, hey, man, you gonna let talk about this. <laughs> I said, hey, man, you gonna let talk about the shoes like that? You was like. What, out loud? <laughs> you no, know, you said that to me. I said to you. Like, don't, act like, don't act like you got next to them, like you got on their side, like. Yo, you gonna let them talk about your shoes like that, my guy? Like, no, you whispered that to me. I said, no, you take your said, take your base down because you leaned into me. If you did say something to me, you leaned said, into me. It was like, yo, you gonna let them talk? I said, to hey me? man, you gonna let them talk about your shoes like that? You was like, yep. You was like, what you say? You said, I don't know what I said. It's about eight of my. He's like, I ain't no bitch, but I ain't stupid either. Yeah, oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, that sounds like me. That sounds like me. That's a fact. I was like, yeah, I will. They sure can talk about my shoes like that. <laughs> today, oh man, it was to, so funny. Today they can. <laughs> They can talk about him like that. They can talk about my oh, shoes today. <laughs> they absolutely can. You know, they can talk about my shoes all they want today. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, let's uh, let's get ready to uh, get on this break. And we got a little bit of celebrating to do really quick. Very quick celebrating to do. Uh, up first. Sorry, I had a burp. Uh, up next, up first, we got Kayla R. Shout out to you, Kayla R. Much appreciated for your donation and your um, uh, belief in us. Uh, joining the Patreon for a year subscription. Uh, up next, we got Cindy A. Shout out to you, Cindy A. Much appreciation. Much love. Thank you to you. Up next, we got Donna S. Shout out to you, Donna S. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for your donation. Up next, we got Hannah S. Hannah S., shout out to you. And it uh, looks like a wedding photo, possibly. Shout out to you and your, your loved one. Uh, up next, we got Logan H. Logan H. Much appreciation for the for the uh, for the uh, donation and and and, and uh, joining the Patreon. And I um, hope you're enjoying the content on there. And lastly, we got Abby W. Abby W. Shout out to you. Thank you for joining the Patreon. Really hope you're enjoying things on there. Also, uh, just for uh, so people to know. Um, this past weekend, as we're recording this, I did put out the uh, Would You Rather video, friend. I put that out yeah. on Patreon. People seem to be liking it so far. So if you are a member of the Patreon, and if you aren't a member of the Patreon, uh, feel free to head on over to Patreon. And if you aren't a member, go ahead and um, subscribe to the uh, Would You Rather video. We had a good time doing that. We had some fun, fun conversations. Yeah. And I think we'll probably do that again pretty soon. And, uh, you know, and again, if you are subscribed to the Patreon, go ahead over there. Go check that content out. It's, it's you know, it's funny and there's more coming. Um, but with that being said, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by The Social High Five. In 2020, we all had to adapt to some very unexpected conditions. It was no different for us sports fans. We are all anxiously looking forward to the reopening of sports bars and stadiums. But COVID, flu, and other health risks will still be very real. Now, however, there's an awesome new way for fans to cheer on their team and still keep their hands germ-free. With the Social High Five. Made from a sturdy, light, and easy-to-clean styrene, the Social High Five straps to your hand with ease and allows you to hygienically hand-slap after your team scores, makes a big play, and wins the big game. And I'm really excited about this product, folks. I feel like it has the potential to be the next foam finger. You know, especially coming off of the year we just had, if teams were giving these out when they start to reopen and hold people up in higher capacities, 
just to show a sign that they do still care about keeping everybody healthy and safe to hand these out before games so everybody just has a way to still interact with each other and cheer on their team but still being able to keep themselves germ-free I think would be a very good symbol of what sportsmanship and sports fandom will be like going forward because people aren't going to feel 100% safe for a while but even steps like this allow you to feel like companies are putting in proper measures and thinking about their patrons when they enter their building. Give the sports fanatic in your life a helping hand with the social high five. Just go to social high five.com. That's social H I G H the number five.com. The social high five. It's a sanitized celebration. All right. And we are back friend with all the chaos and commotion about the stock market and investing versus gambling and all this kind of stuff. I decided I wanted to uh, dive in and find a story that's in that vein. Mm. Uh, So my affirmative murder this week is the story of the honey trap killer. Ooh, okay. Uh, My honey uh, trap. Yeah. My source is thoughtcatalog.com. And uh, I will be Ken. I will begin. Be Ken? I will be. I will be Ken. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, so, uh, Mehmet Hassan had a real penchant for gambling, and he was good at it too. The father of three London resident was known to, to, was known to sometimes bring home more than 15,000 euro mm. from a night at the casino. Now, sorry to stop you. Do you think that's a talent? You think you have to be booked? Depends on the game. Okay, gotcha. It depends on the game. My oh. grandmother is really good at uh, uh, v- digital uh, blackjack. Mm. So I don't know if it's her technique or... It's definitely her technique. She tricks, she games the system. She's a, she's a card shark, basically. So what she does is, um, you've seen those, like, game um, poker machines, right? Yeah. And they have, like, the buttons, and, you know, if you're playing blackjack, it's like hit, stay, mm-hmm. whatever. She just, she bangs the button so fast. 21. <laughs> Boom. What? Boom. Bust. Bang. Bang. Boom. She hits the button so fast, and she'll turn $50 most nights. I would say seven times out of ten, which uh-huh. is really high odds for, for um, gambling. Seven times out of ten, she'll turn $40 into, like, $500. Wow. Seven times out of ten. I've seen her go into a grocery store, like, go into a Kroger's, uh, and or Gershbeck. I don't I can't remember the chain that they have out there. But she'll go in there, and she'll take, like, let's say we buy $100 worth of groceries, mm-hmm. and she paid with, like, $200 bills. She'll take, like, the $85 left over from the change from buying the groceries, go over to the machine, put $40 in there, and then get a voucher for three hundred dollars, wow! And then walk out with like the groceries were free, and she made two hundred dollars. <laughs> it's crazy, and that's seven times out of ten. I'm dead serious. That is the average odds. Like if we went to go to Vegas and we went to a casino, I would give her my money before I would gamble with my money. Yeah, and I do find gambling fun, but I would give her my money because the odds of her turning it into something are higher than me just dicking around. Like I'm okay at blackjack. I'm not that great. I'm terrible at poker, and um, roulette is just a, that's just a guess. You can't be good at roulette. But at poker, you which can one be good is, at poker. Which one is roulette? That's when you just put the money on the, the colors, on the, the red, red, black, like, oh, oh, twenty-one I like that one. red. Yeah, I like and that. And they one. just spin the thing. Yeah, I like. But that. that's just guessing. That's just that's there's no skill. That's I know. That's, that's that like. is real gambling. But there are card games and different um, games that are. I used to mostly, be into poker a card bit. Games. I used to know how to play poker. I don't know. I, I would play poker anymore. where it's like we get the chips, but it's like every chip's a quarter. Like we, I would play poker here with you yeah. and some friends, but going to the real table with a bunch of strangers is t- it's intimidating. I was like, and, why do y'all have sunglasses on? Oh yeah, it gets real. <laughs> it gets real. But um, uh, Mehmet was, I believe his, I believe his card, his card game was poker. Okay. Yeah. So on, on average, on a lot of nights, he would bring home somewhere around fifteen thousand euro. 
At 56 years old, his career in professional gambling had raked in a considerable amount of wealth. That was his career. I'm sure he had a job, but he might have been retired. Making more money doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like once a week, you go out and you make six months of your salary or something Mm. like that, you know, or more. Who knows? Yeah. So uh, Hassan enjoyed spending his money frivolously on poker, fine dining, and young women. Mm. A lifestyle that would eventually lead to his demise. On a cold February evening, Hassan headed out for a night that was going to be uh, his typical night of uh, gambling at Palm Beach Casino in London. Accompanying him was his latest girlfriend, 25-year-old Leonie Granger. Leonie and her charming beauty found it easy to burrow her weight into Hassan's heart. The two of them walked arm in arm throughout the night, kissing passionately, posing for photos, and enjoying an expensive dinner together. I'm not even paying for her. Hassan reportedly joked to the casino receptionist. So he was stoked. He was 56, got him a young thing with him. You know, he's he's like the man at the casino because he comes in. It's like, oh, boy, you know, Hassan Mehmet's here. He's, yeah. about to, he's about to take us for all we got. You know, you, so, you, you know, he probably walks in with one of those, like, Tommy Bahama shirts, mm-hmm. you know, sunglasses on. He's you know, ready to have a good time. I'm assuming, I'm picturing him with like kind of like a belly. Gut, yeah, yeah there's, there's a picture of him, but that's just the picture I have in my mind. Cigar. Mm-hmm. He's at the table. Cigar. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, cranberry vodka. Little did Hassan know that Granger had spent the last few weeks planning his murder. Mm. After Granger gambled away a thousand euro, which Hassan had given her to spend at her leisure. You know, go over there and, you know, go play the games. That was, you know. He gave, gave her money? Gave her some money to gamble with. Savage. Yeah. I mean, that's what, when you're going out showing somebody a good time, that, like when I go to Vegas, and, and it's my grandmother, but still, if I'm a dude, I'm, he's tricking. That's really yeah. what he's doing. Is you know, he's going out trying to show this young girl. He's not showing her a good time with, like, being young and cool. He's like, I'm older. That's why you're fucking with me. Like, I have some money, and we can go do things that you wouldn't be able to do with another 25-year-old dude. I can take you to a nice restaurant. Yeah. Here's some money. You can go gamble, lose it. I don't care. That's like. In his mind, he's like, that's how you get these young girls. You show them a good time. You do things that they can't do with another 25-year-old dude. Yeah. But anyway, so he gave her some money. She lost the money. And then the couple took a taxi back to Hassan's apartment. Shortly after arriving, however, Granger started making excuses as to why she couldn't stay the night. She left in a hurry. A few minutes later, two men arrived at his door. The men were Kieran Jackson and Nicholas Chandler. With the door unlocked... They easily forced their way into Hassan's home, tying him with duct tape to a chair in the bedroom. Both men took, took turns physically assaulting Hassan, taunting him for having fallen victim to Granger's trap. It is unclear how long Hassan had been. It, it is unclear how long Hassan had to endure the ruthless beatings of, of his attackers before they eventually, before he eventually bled to death. Once murdered, Jackson and Chandler proceeded to ransack Hassan's home, searching for casino winnings. After finding thousands of pounds worth of hidden cash, uh, Jackson and Chandler then used their phones to film their perverse coll- uh, their perverse celebration. So you know they you know this was like 2015. So you okay. know they celebrate phone, Facebook, whatever. I don't I don't I'll never understand that. Yeah. You see people like, and this is way darker. But I don't know if you heard about that uh, that girl that got murdered at the Walmart in here in Baltimore. I don't know if it was the one like by your house, but there was a fight in a Walmart and they were, they were live streaming the whole thing. So the girl's talking on the phone. Yeah, I'm in here. You know, we're having a good time. Da, 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 da. And I guess they saw some girl they had beef with. Mm. The girl ran up on them 
and the one of the girls stabbed her in the heart. Shit. And she kept they kept filming and they're like, Yeah, that bitch is bleeding. That's crazy. And they like ran out. Yo, they're discussing it. Yo, it was crazy. You like stabbed her and she, man, I, she died, whatever. And then I guess they what? hadn't gotten arrested yet. So they went home. <laughs> this is it's not funny, but it is just the way these kids are so fucked up. So I guess somebody told them, like, yo, that girl died. Yeah. So they hopped back on live. If she died, she died. Oh. She shouldn't have been, she shouldn't have came up on it. I'm like, you're incriminating yourself. Even what are you talking about? It was cr- like she hopped on the thing to be like, yeah, it was us that got into the fight. And if she died because my sister stabbed her, then she just died. It, it was wasn't like, no fight. Did, it they, was, did, they, did they say what the reason was or like the what? They were like 14, 15 years old. Dumb shit. That's a boy fate, talking shit on social media. Who knows? But the girl stabbed her in the heart, and you could hear her like, "Oh, I'm, I'm bleeding." Like it, it was. They she filmed everything. She didn't film like the girl dying, but yeah. like th- she filmed like them running, and That's then crazy. got back on later as if somebody was like, "Yo, you're gonna get suspended from school because you stole." Um, something from the cafeteria. She yeah. was like, if I stole it, I, I mean, she's talking about murdering a person. It was crazy. So I don't understand people wow. getting on these social media sites after you commit a crime. It, it's cr- taking your photo of yourself in a home that you broke into, holding money, any of these things. That's I've seen so many people get busted that way too. It's, it's just insane. I don't understand the way uh, social media has twisted up these people's brains. Like, oh, people need to see my every move, even the illegal ones. Yeah, Do anything for clout, man. People will do see? anything for clout. Yeah. Even... Even like commit crimes to show people like, yo, I'm I'm so badass. Commit murder and Com- commit murder. <laughs> they go, so what? Like what? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so in their celebration video, they were throwing around wads of cash and stuffing fifty uh fifty pound notes into their underwear. I think I was saying euro when it should have been pounds. I don't know. These and this guy's dead. And they yeah, he end just, up he's like tied up to a chair. They beat him to death, and they're like, yeah, man, it's crazy money fight. Wow. Like, yeah, these is yeah, these are sick. These are sick people. So they were stuffing 50-pound notes into their underwear. Security footage revealed that Granger joined them soon after. She's seen grinning next to Jackson, who is at this point wearing a gas mask. Fleeing together, they take about 3,000 pounds along with Hassan's TV and mobile phone. The next morning, after receiving a call from a concerned relative, police check on Hassan's apartment to find him lying in a pool of blood, face mm. down, uh, with shoe prints on his face. Mm. I mean, they beat the shit out of him. They beat him to death. I don't know if they beat him to death, but he died from, he succumbed to his injuries. Yeah. I don't know if they meant for him to die. I'm giving them a lot of credit if I say, maybe they just thought they knocked him out and then proceeded to ransack his place. But either way, he died in that apartment. So they killed him. But I don't know if their intention was to do that. Yeah. I don't think, it's not, I don't, from what I read, I don't think that they like stabbed him or something. You know, like they beat him up. Was this personal? Not exactly. So basically, what it was is they were scoping out the casino. Mm, they had yeah. tried to rob some people coming out of the casino a couple of months ago, and then they decided to get a girl involved, and that's why it's called the Honeypot Killer. That's what yeah. they call honeypots. Oh yeah, and this is um um. A lot of people believe this is how a lot of rappers in the past couple of years have gotten got, mm-hmm. where a girl comes in. A lot of drug dealers get got like this too. The girl comes in, she catch, she lets their guard down. That he brings them back to their place, and then you know she unlocks the door or whatever. Got you, yeah. And then they come in, and she was always she's with them. Yeah, you know this is a very typical scam, especially these days with all this like. Um, 
social media meetups and mm-hmm. um and uh what's the swipe thing uh tinder, tinder and yeah. all that kind of stuff a lot there's a lot of honeypots out there who are like and i guess you can justify even if a person gets murdered you can go all i did was tell them where i'm where we were going yeah i didn't do anything i left before anything crazy happened and they gave me a thousand dollars so I, I guess that's easy to justify and then every time you do it you get a little more removed from it and now you know you're living a life or whatever. But I tell you like this, um, a lot of Baltimore, because a lot of time we've talked about this on this podcast, like a lot of unsolved Baltimore murders. I, I've gotten the lowdown on Baltimore murders and why they happen. Mm. Like, I don't know their name or anything specific, but yeah. I know like, yeah, this person killed this person. So it's just beef forever. Or this girl set up this dude. Mm. So that's why. And people are like, man, they killing girls in Baltimore. It's like, yeah, because that's this guy's girlfriend yeah. or this girl told them this address and that got this person killed. Yeah. But the police might not figure that out for five years. Yeah. But the streets know. That's why I go. That, that's not that's not a random killer. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's some stuff where you just got to you just got to accept it because yeah. you'll never really know what happened. And you can't ask somebody like, damn, that person got killed. That's crazy. Yeah. Like just randomly like that. It's like if you had the clearance to ask the questions to the, the right people, they would tell you like, yeah, he robbed this person or, mm. you know, he talked crazy to this person or he had sex with this guy's girl and that's why as soon as he saw him, he shot him. And it looks random on the news. A girl got shot. I read a story about, and, and I don't, again, I don't know these people, who these people are, but I just know the street politics of yeah. it. There was a story about a girl who got murdered in her car and the little the daughter was in the car and they let the, little, they let the daughter walk down the street. Mm-hmm. They, like, let the daughter go. But the girl was like the the girlfriend of a dude who got disrespected the wrong guy. Yeah. So he was like I'm I'm killing family, I'm killing yeah. everybody, you know. So and that's the type of shit that when you see you know when it's like man Baltimore's out of control, it's like it is out of control, but to the people involved, it makes sense to them. Yeah. It's not just did, if there's a reason why. It's not did. like just a dude pulled up on a girl at a gas station and just randomly. It is that, but to him it's like that's such and such his cousin or whatever. Yeah. There is a reason for it. The reason is bullshit, but it's not random. More times than not, it's not random. Yeah. And that's all I really got on that. But in this situation, they didn't have it wasn't personal to him. Yeah. But it was personal to somebody coming out of that casino because they know that those people have money. Yeah. Well, the reason why I say it was personal because for, you know, for them to beat somebody like that. Yeah. That's wild. But I feel like this guy probably had a reputation of, you know, because they had been on him for a couple weeks. They probably saw him spending money, having yeah. a good time. They're jealous because he's making money. But to beat money. the shit out of him, though? Yeah, man. Yo, yo people, man. jealousy is such a disease. You That's know? why fame, man. I don't want it. I, I'm I, good, bro. I'll pass on I'm that. I'm fine. I don't even like, I, if I feel weird calling people to listen to the podcast. Like I don't like saying fans. or like You, you just listen. I like yeah. that you listen and we have cool conversations with cool people. I don't want fame or anything like that because that. it's like as soon it's like a target on your back. It's like it's like people root for you to a point, yeah. and then as soon as you cross a certain point, it's like, hey, fuck him. Yep, he thinks he's the shit or whatever. It's and it's it's so fast. It goes from like people will, when you're the underdog, when nobody's buying your shit, or when you start to bubble or whatever. People are like, yeah, man, good for you. Yeah. And then you cross a certain point, and they're like. And he's not even, they're not even that good. That podcast sucks. Fuck yeah. them. Why do they have this, that, and the third? They shouldn't have that. It turns that fast. That rapper's trash. I don't even like him. People buy his shit. I don't get it. 
And we saw it with Nipsey Hussle. We saw it with yep. some people here in Baltimore. Dudes that, like, Baltimore famous. Yeah. Like, maybe got a single, and it's not even, like, big on the charts, but it's just he's he can get out of here yep. and will get murdered in their own neighborhood yep. because somebody goes, fuck him. Why does he have a Benz and I don't have a Benz? Man, yep. fuck him. He thinks he's cool in his Benz. Jealousy is something else. So if these dudes are jealous, this this dude, he was kissing all up on this girl, and I think she was with one of them. I think she was with Jackson. And he's like, you thought my girl actually wanted you? And they're laughing and, and jealous, and they have the upper hand because, yeah. you know, this dude, you know, typically in any other type of world is like he has the money, he has the influence, he, he might not even have to look their way. Yeah. But in this room right now, we're going to fuck you up because fuck you, you're not better than us, and we're going to take all your money too. And and I'm not saying I get it. I'm just saying I can see how somebody could get lost in that. And it's like fuck, we got we're, you're you're we're in control. Yeah. And they just beat the shit out of this man. It's, it was really fucking disgusting. But anyway, it didn't take police long to realize that Granger had been had played a role in the brutal murder and apparent raid. After ex- examining phone records and CCTV footage from Palm Beach Casino on the on, on the night of the murder. Police were quickly able to determine the cause of the and the motive behind Hassan's tragic death. Jackson and Chandler were convicted with murder and sentenced to 36 years in prison. Hmm? As for Granger, the honey trap killer received a 16 year sentence in prison for what some what some people deemed as a lenient charge of manslaughter. And this was this story is from 2015, so hmm. they're all in prison currently. Good, and I guess she'll be eligible for parole. You know, twenty thirty or something like that. Um, yeah, Damn. but that was just a quick little story. Uh, just with some now again, that it's not like uh, don't invest in in Robin Hood because somebody will honeypot you. But it's just I, I'm always I, I I think the best advice I've ever heard. I didn't hear this from a family member. I probably heard it from like Jay Z or something like that. But it's like just stay low and build. You know, like you know, keep it quiet. That we live in a time where it's like you get more love for pretending that you have money than for actually building and creating and staying low and popping out to just do something light. Yeah. And that's the kind of guy I am. I'm not letting people know that I'm going to a nice restaurant. Yep. I just, just like, I had a nice week at work. I had a nice, whatever, boom, boom, boom. I got some money in my pocket. You know, I'm, I'm going to take the car out. You know, me and my lady going to step out and get something nice to eat. I don't yep. got to, I'm not going to take pictures on other people's cars or take picture of like, oh, I bought a Hermes belt, even though I shouldn't be buying a Hermes belt or whatever. You know, I got a Balenciaga jacket. I don't have money to be buying shit like this, but (laughs) I got to take this Instagram picture. That is image. Image. Image is more important than substance these days. And I just feel like people should focus on just, you know, building your craft, focusing on the things that you like, and that other stuff will come. And you'd rather actually come than like you'd be straining yourself to try to keep up with some kind of image, right? Now, you don't have to tell people. Like I don't understand when people go in there and take all, constantly take pictures and video record every single thing. It's like for what, man? Like no, I don't, I don't even, care. Even the likes, one. even the likes that you get in those people, those, those people don't really care. No, they really don't. No, like they really don't care. If they, if you needed help from any of those one thousand likes, you'd be hard pressed to find one of them that would actually show up and do something for you. But it does something to people. It gets their endorphins going or whatever, you know. And this guy, Mehmet Hassan, was living a cool life. He was, you know, he had a skill that was paying the bills. And he liked his, you know, he liked to take ladies out for a nice little piece of dinner or whatever. And one of them caught him slipping, you know. Now, I don't know if he was flossing his money or whatever. I mean, he definitely was stepping out, going. He liked to spend his money and have a good time. And in the process of that, 
you know, he, he fell into a trap. So you just got to stay on 10 toes, man. Keep your guard up. And, you know, you can't just you can't just bring people into your inner circle willy nilly. There was really nothing that this guy did wrong. Right. You know, he just right, was right, right, living right. his life. He liked to treat women and, and That's fucked take up, them man. on dates and whatever. And one of those one of them used his lifestyle against him. So it's really no advice to be given except, you know. Watch who you bring around you. Don't bring people to your house. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, I would definitely say if I was in that kind of lifestyle, most casinos have hotels. I'd be like, we're just going to stay here. I have a room upstairs. Like, you know, I'm not just bringing anybody to my house. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if there's dudes out here who live that kind of lifestyle listening to the podcast. <laughs> but if there are, that's my advice, man. You know, take them to a nice hotel, you know, and, you know, really get to know somebody before you bring them yeah. to your house. Let them know, first of all, like, I don't have any money. Well, they, they, they that's, that's hard to do because they just saw this dude, like, fucking put down a full house yeah. and take every, a whole pot of money. And then, you know, he definitely is like, and I did it again. <laughs> $30,000, which is his right, man. If I hit big at the casino, I'm going to talk my shit, too. But that perks ears up. And yeah. It was, it was some sharks in the building. And they got him, you know? That's fucked up, so Rest man. in peace to Mehmet Hassan, man. I mean, it's really fucking tragic that, you know, 56 years old, living his life, having a good time, and... uh Got got by a honeypot. Rest in peace to him. Stop being jealous of people too, man. I mean, jealousy is breeds nothing, bro. Anyway, what, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell us some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, it's my turn to go. So my story is a bit different this week, but still, uh, you can still consider it a, a cold case. Okay. So um, this is about. Um, Inside the unsolved disappearances of the Bennington Triangle. Mm. So some suspect a serial killer while others point a finger at the paranormal. But nobody has been able to fully explain the mysterious disappearances from Vermont's Bennington Triangle. Vermont, be quite honest with you, didn't know uh, it was still a state. Still a state. Yeah. Wait, let's dig into that. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you didn't think know happened? it still exists. Things like Pluto, like I am. It just it's, we changed. They changed it. Like it's still around. Is that, yeah, is Vermont. This, is that yeah, still man, that's place? where Bernie, Bernie Sanders is from. Yeah. Well. Not, what nothing. about anybody else? Other than uh, I think he's their big star. I don't know anybody. Else what is a Vermont. what is a a, a a well-known city in Vermont? You got me. <laughs> <laughs> Vermont City, Vermontville, Vermont. <laughs> what is the next to like New York or something? I believe it's like um, near Connecticut, but I bet money there's a Springfield in Vermont. I'll bet money. Look it up and find out. I don't care enough to look yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> me either. I didn't even know it still existed, so I definitely don't. Now, that's crazy. I knew it still existed. That's a crazy thing to say. Like, I thought they just got rid of that. I thought, like. I just I th- haven't heard of I it. I thought maybe, like, Boston ate it. And it's just now, like, that's just part of Massachusetts now. <laughs> I was like, Vermont? What? <laughs> All right. So, here we go. Uh, followers of a folklore and aficionados of the paranormal of the paranormal are certainly familiar with the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. which I'm sure yes. a lot of people know what that Very is. Very familiar with that. And perhaps even Southeastern's Massachusetts um, Bridgewater Triangle. I'm not too familiar that. with that one yet. Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Yeah. But one lesser known cousin of these areas, infamous for their strange disappearances, hold more than its fair share of tantalizing mysteries, mm. the Bennington Triangle of Vermont. Dubbed as such, by Vermont author Joseph A. Citro, the Bennington Triangle is a loosely defined area that encompasses the ghost town of Glantonsbury, once a small, longing, um, 
longing community centered on the um centered on the mountains in the southwestern Vermont. Abandoned at the end of the 19th century after a logging boom died down, mm. Greater Glansbury area is now mostly untouched, pristine wilderness, and is considered remote even by Vermont standards. Glansbury. See? Yep. That's a town. It's, I'm sorry, Gla- Glastonsbury. Oh, Glastonsbury. Yeah. This is an abandoned town? Apparently, yeah. That's terrifying. Uh-huh. <laughs> so starting with a string of missing persons some 70 years ago, the now abandoned town, abandoned town, yeah. um, has long been has long been the eerie uh, setting of numerous unexplained disappearances, unsolved murders, and bizarre sightings that continue to this day. In 1945, a five-year span of disappearances began in Bennington Triangle with the vanishing of of, of Mitty Rivers, a 74 74-year-old local hunting guide, Rivers led a party of four hunters around the area of Hell Hollow. I'm not going anywhere called that. Hell? Hell Hollow, yes. Oh, jeez. Um, around the area of Hell Hollow in the southwest woods of Glastonsbury before before he was suddenly lost. Just fucking... It's like that movie, uh, fucking... Uh, Silent Hill. Mm. It's giving me real Silent Hill imagery. Foggy, mountains. Yeah. Silent, but I mean, Silent for you to be a guide and then, I mean... You'd be a guide and get lost. Isn't that like part of what you do? Is like knowing a guide. Yeah. Oh, he's a guide. That, he was a guide, knowing the area. And, yeah. Well, they, they they say this dude. You know, he they were saying that when he went missing, he was like, oh, he should be able to survive. You know. He yeah. Should, he. Well, you only should be able to survive if the town isn't, the ghost town isn't playing tricks on you, flipping the signs around, mm-hmm. where they do that thing where it's like you walk in one direction for like an hour and yeah. then you end up back where you started. That's that's creepy. And you're like, I know, I I know that I, I know that I'm going in a different direction. (laughs) That's what was so creepy about the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Because they were like, we shouldn't be lost. We're not that, we're not that far into the woods. And they just kept walking. They're like, we passed this rock 15 times. It's like, something's, something's wrong. You're not being let out. You're not being let out of the woods. That's just wild. Yeah. So after an, after an unsuccessful um, initial search, many still believe that this knowledgeable woodsman would be able to survive and soon surface in the town. Mm-hmm. So I, he'll, yeah. he'll just pop up. He should know, just know, like, what well, I know that this town is this way, so if I keep going north, I'll yeah. hit this. I get yeah. that. You, you, or you have that faith in him anyway. Yeah. However, this was, not, uh, this was not the case. Soon, more than 300 concerned locals and U.S. Army soldiers dispatched from Massachusetts, Fort Devens, Combed through the vast wilderness for eight days, mm. turning up not a single shred of evidence as as to the whereabouts of rivers. They just vanished. Nothing. Wow. Just nothing. Nothing. Creepy. A guide. A guide vanished. who just got lost with four other people. Just got lost. Just, just you know, and no trace of anybody. Nothing. Just nothing. Um. So the following year saw arguably the most infamous missing persons case in the history of Vermont. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I didn't even know Vermont still existed. <laughs> yeah, and they said the most. <laughs> was, yeah, we heard you know. the beginning. Yeah. The disappearance of Paula Weldon. Weldon was an 18-year-old student at Bennington College who decided to hike hike a leg of the long trail during Thanksgiving break when most of her peers had returned home for the holidays. Mm. So Bad you're already decision. in Vermont. There's nothing to do. And now you're out when everybody's gone back. So now it's even more empty there. In the Bennington And trial. you go out into the woods. By yourself. Wow. 
Last seen on, on Sunday, December 1st, 1946, wearing wearing a easy-to-spot red entering the long trail near Glattonsbury Mountain. Weldon never showed up for her Monday classes. Spurring a massive search party for more than 1,000 people. Mm. Now, this was a, a young Caucasian lady. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Um, it's Vermont. That, that went missing. Yeah, that went missing. Thousands of people showed up. Thousands of people showed up to search for this young girl. Mm. The reward was $5,000. Despite the long, the large turnout, numerous aircraft utilized in a variety of, of assisting law enforcement departments, no clues to her fate were ever discovered. You know what kinds of stories spawn from these kind of um, cold cases, right? What? Is those like wrong turn and mm-hmm. the hills have eyes and yeah. all that kind of stuff where it's like somebody took them and like ate them or did something to where they know the mountains better than anybody else and there's yeah, hidden like caves or something like that. These people were that's disappearing. That's where those movies come from is stories like this. These people were, because you know, you hear like um, people disappear and they find a t shirt, find a shoe. Something. N- like, Nothing. They Something. were finding, or any- you, or then eventually you find their body. Like they fell, they fell off a cliff, and there's like a skeleton at the bottom of a cliff. I don't, I don't understand how somebody can just disappear without a trace. Yeah, like I, I could understand it more in 1940. Okay, when, which is when this okay. was. But yeah. for a thousand people to go searching through Vermont, which I'm not familiar with the size of Vermont, but like mm-hmm. it's a lot of people to be combing apart, like. I assume you go, even if Vermont's a bunch of mountains and shit like that, yeah. there's like trails. Yeah. Like this is what people, this is what people walk on. Even though there's mountains, there's like, there's a general vicinity where they go, this is hikeable. This is where everybody goes when they go the, to hike the, here. The Bennington Triangle. I mean, you can, you can look at the map and go, I mean, this is maybe like the, this is the, the second person that we're missing or whatever, but you can look at a map and go, okay, this is, you know, the area where people go to. People go to. So everybody's searching that and they find nothing. That's weird. Because it's not like your general thought wouldn't be like, yeah, they like went off the trail and went into parts of the woods that aren't marked where they would easily get lost. Most people, like when me and Sierra, when we go to go, when we go hi- like hiking in the summer, we take yeah. Bella for a walk, you hike the trail. Yeah. You know, I've never been like, let's go all this way where there's no signs or anything like that. Let's no, go this way that. now. No, you go. So even if you, because one time we went and I was like, Let's go from the white to the yellow. You got to like Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went off. We went off on one thing, and then we were in the woods for like four hours. And mm. I had to keep walking. Like, no, it's cool. I I planned this. Nah, and she's that. like, we don't have water for Bella. Like, I don't. Oh. I was like, no, no, it's cool. Like, right up here, we just keep going this way. And and I was like, y'all could have disappeared. I was, <laughs> but like we were on a trail, All so right. we were we were we were lost. But like we were lost in a place that had or order. Got you. So eventually we would go in a circle. But you were up, lost. But you were like trying to play it off. Yeah. 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 That's just the man in me. I'm a very progressive dude, but it's like some <laughs> stuff where I'm like, I'm not lost. That's yeah. like, that's just men. That's just in men. Yeah. I think inherently. Like, uh, just keep on going. We, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, I remember I know, this. I remember this branch. I know exactly where we are. Yep. We, we see we went from yellow. I'm trying to explain. We went from yellow to red. So that's why I got extra long because we went off on the red. I'm like, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm thirsty. <laughs> but I was like, no, nah, it's cool. We'll be back in no time. <laughs> and I'm thirsty. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, so many, including Weldon's, Weldon's father, criticized the authorities' lack of sophisticated methods in handling the case. So 
um, in his defense, I would be the same way. You know, what the fuck are y'all doing? Y'all, why y'all not? Why why haven't y'all found my child? A clue? (laughs) The bloodhounds didn't find anything or nothing? Yeah. yeah, so he was saying that the lack of a sophisticated methods in handling the case, which eventually served as a catalyst for the fa- for the founding of the Vermont State Police, um, seven months later, the case remains open to this day. Mm. So exactly three years to the day after the vanishing of Paula Paula Wooden, the Bennington Triangle saw one of its most I mean one of his more seemingly supernatural disappearances. That day, a sixty-eight year old man named James E. Tedford. Boarded a bus to Bennington after visit. Now this one was crazy. This one is like this, this is bullshit. It was like I read this. I was like no way. Yeah, no way. But listen. Okay. Um. So, uh, sixty-eight-year-old man named James E. Tedford mm-hmm. boarded a bus to Bennington after visiting relatives in St. Albans, Vermont. Sure. Numerous eyewitnesses, including the driver, later confirmed that Tedford had been in his seat as late as the last stop before Bennington. Yet when the bus finally pulled into Bennington, Tedford was nowhere to be found. Nah. <laughs> they people just think that. Yeah. He could have got off at any point. And like yeah, if I was on a if I was on a bus and I had it's been a long day, I'm tired or whatever, you just look back and you go, Okay, you kind of just glance at everybody on the bus. Mm. You don't know for sure if somebody was oh, he definitely was on the bus. What's more likely that a sixty eight year old dude, maybe, you know, has, has has some dementia or something like that possibly or you know had to get off and go to the bathroom and the bus didn't realize and just pulled away or uh he was abducted from the seat in the bus you know what i mean yeah it's like come on but what will be really creepy is if that dude popped back up years later and he was younger that should now, be that, now that's a move <laughs> Who are you? I'm Ron Bennington or whatever. What's this dude's name? Uh, James E. Tedford. I'm James. I, I'm James E. Tedford. Ron Bennington. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James E. Tedford. And he's yeah. like, that's impossible. You're yeah. 26 years old. He's like, I don't know. Huh? Here's my license. Was that a what? That reminds me of something. Probably Benjamin Button. Is that what it was? I don't know, friend. Sometimes your brain goes places that I'm just logically going somewhere. <laughs> but you could be like Blade. And I'd be like, all no. right. Well. <laughs> was it the 100? I don't watch that show. You haven't seen that show? I haven't seen that show. That was, I think, if it was the 100, I think that was a show where, like, motherfuckers was just, like, falling from the sky. Oh, and yeah. then, like, they went back to their house. And it was like, what the fuck? You died 80 years ago. And they come back. Oh, and see, that's like, crazy. I didn't know that's what the 100 was about. <laughs> I think that's the 100. I have to take your word for it. I haven't seen the 100, man. <laughs> I could be. 100 of them fell from off. the sky? or. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how deeds, man. Okay, that's fine. I'm just telling you what I can. Remember. Or what I thought does that? Okay, yeah, sure. You're telling totally me, wrong. yeah. Somebody's gonna be you like, "That's what? about dirt." Not bike to get racing. off track. Okay, but you know how you react when I go. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Uh huh. I do the same thing to Steph. I mean, well, then she must we have was seen watching. Nothing. That's why we the perfect match. <laughs> we was watching next Friday, right? I'm, I'm watching, know all the words. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, you seen this? I don't think so. I go, what? <laughs> I mean, next Friday, it's more of a cultural movie. I get that next more. Next Friday? It'll be like, if have you seen Selena? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, but if you hadn't seen Selena, I would understand. And yeah. then she'd be like, you've never seen Selena? Next know. Friday is not like, that's why, the things that I'm, <laughs> you're like, I've never seen Forrest Gump. And I'm like, bro, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Not I've seeing seen Forrest Gump though. I know, but but there's movies on Forrest Gump level yeah. that you've never. You're like, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, never. Pretty Woman. But, like, yeah. but next Friday is more is more of a cultural thing. 
It is. I, you got to give her a pass on that. Any of the Fridays, really. I guess. It'll be like, you've never seen Menace to Society? She's, you know, it's like, no, I've no. never seen Menace to Society. Like Soul Plane? Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't think she's seen Soul Plane. These are the movies that you're like, what? <laughs> you've never seen I Got the Hookup? You've never seen Drumline? <laughs> man, I can tell you, but like 15 years ago, I can get a stool and knock and know all of Yeah, I know. Snares. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. 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 That The movies that you're like, no front to back are... Movies that people don't see, man. Like the, the amount of times you've seen uh, Stomp the Yard. Yeah, like you've seen Stomp yeah, the Yard that's, that's a bajillion times, yeah. man. A lot of people haven't seen Stomp the Yard. I love that. So movie. you don't have the right to be like, you've never seen Stomp the Yard. Boom, the boom, boom, boom. He did the spin and yep, that great movie, man. Yeah, great the mo- movie. the movies that you do that too. I, I would I would love movie. to see a list of the times where you're like, what? <laughs> you never seen the Players Club? It's like I just like. There are movies where you go, I understand that they haven't seen that, man. I don't. How have you seen these movies? These are classics. Where was I? Um, yeah, so um, so this guy, apparently to the bus driver, he goes, you know, he, was, the bus. he was on the bus until the last stop. Um, so after he vanished into thin air, mm-hmm. apparently, <laughs> while inside a moving vehicle, yeah. baffled passengers noted that Tedford's luggage and an open... Bus timetable remained on his seat. They left that man at a rest stop, man. You think so? He had to go pee, and then they, they just left him they there. left. They just thought he was still there, but yeah. I think he just vanished. You think he'd van? You believe that? Yeah. No. You think it's more likely that he vanished from his seat while the bus was moving than they forgot him at a rest stop? Of course not. Okay, all right, I'm just, I'm just, just checking the temperature because like, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> uh, so, if witnesses are correct, Tedford would have disappeared from his seat uh-huh. as the bus was traveling down Route Seven mm-hmm. through Bennington through the Bennington Triangle. Right. Maybe when they go across that border, man, some people just get sucked out. Shit get crazy. Just one random person, though. Yep. Mm. So, nearly a year later, in mid October 1950, eight-year-old Paul Jepson went mm. missing. He was last seen happily playing in the family pickup truck by his mother, who left to tend to the pigs at the dump where she and her husband were caretakers. Then he vanished without a trace. Motherfuckers just disappearing, man. In addition to the hundreds assembled for a search party, a New Hampshire sheriff brought in a bloodhound to sniff out the missing boy. Mm -hmm. The dog was able to pick up his scent, but abruptly lost the trail at the end. I mean, um, at the nearby crossroads, suggesting that a possible abduction by a motorist. Yeah, it's definitely what happened. He didn't just disappear yeah. in the thin air. Yeah. This was some who took Johnny shit. As the case dragged out without resolution, some suggested that Jepson met an early demise mm. at the hands of his parents oh. and was dinner for the pigs. Mm. But that in, is a strong case. Yeah. They can't afford, you know, times are hard. I've heard the stories where people are like, we can't afford to take care of this kid anymore. So we killed him, which is a crazy place for people's brains to go, but it happens, you know? That's wild, man. Um, but in keeping with the eerie feeling of, of the Bennington Triangle, the boy's father told the Albany Times Union that it was perhaps the lure of the mountains that pulled in his missing son. That sounds like some bullshit you go, yeah, yeah you I know. killed him, but yeah. this was what this is what I thought. That's what the dad said? That's what the dad said. Nah, he did that. Don't trust anybody with just pigs. Yeah. 
You just got a gang of pigs? And a farm. Yeah, but pigs eat people, man. I don't trust anybody that's got like 30 pigs. Do they eat people like they att- If you throw a person in a in a pig pen, oh, they okay. will eat I a body. Oh, yeah, okay. they will eat a body. I thought you meant like they attack people. No, I mean, okay. there might be some some, you know, some rabid pigs out there, but I'm just yeah. saying like they'll eat anything. So if you throw a you chop a body up and you throw an arm into a pig pen, They'll eat the bones and everything. Oh yeah, no. The I bones. They it's no they don't leave traces, man. Pigs Damn. fuck some shit up. I don't trust anybody with like more than like eight pigs. They just get rid of the evidence. Yeah. Body. Oh, Damn. everything. Yeah, so he said the lure the lure of the mountains that pulled in his missing son as the boy had um talked of nothing else for days prior to the disappearance. I would have arrested that dude on the spot. Yep. Well, why'd you say that? <laughs> you know, just the mountains called him, he just Mountains disappeared in the mountains. Okay, you're under arrest. So only about two weeks later, 53-year-old Frida Langer, an experienced hiker, hiker and survivalist, who was also familiar with the area, went missing on the Somerset area of the Long Trail um, bordering East Glattonsbury. After hiking a brief half mile with her cousin, Herbert Eisner, Langer fell into a stream and set back to their camp Langer fell into a stream. Okay, so she fell into a stream and got wet. Okay, mm-hmm. I, was, I was confused. So she ended up getting wet, and they went back to the cabin, to the camp to change her clothes. Where her husband where her husband was resting with a hurt knee, but neither her husband nor her cousin ever saw her again. Mm. Helicopters from the Connecticut Coast, Coast Guard and U.S. Army in Massachusetts, as well as local aircraft from citizens in the Vermont um, Aero, Aero, what is it, Aeronautics mm-hmm. Commission helped search for Langer. As many as 400 people, including the Massachusetts National Guard, searched the surrounding areas, yet found nothing. Mm. Um, so, but soon they find, they, but soon they did find something, and this became the only known disappearance of the Bennington Triangle where a body had turned up. Mm. So they actually, they found her body. Right. So six months um, after she went missing, Langer's corpse was found near the Somerset Reservoir, Reservoir, um, curiously, an open area that had been searched um, extensively numerous times in the previous month. So, where she was found, they checked that spot uh-huh. multiple times. And she and, wasn't there. And she wasn't there. And then she popped up and there? she popped up there. Intriguing. Somebody might be out there, man. I don't know. I listened and I processed everything that you said, but my brain went somewhere else. Um, um, follow me. Well, I look. Are you wrap it up? Cause I got I got to um I don't want I don't want I don't want to take you off track. You want me to finish my story? Yeah, I don't want to. Okay, hold you it. gonna remember? Rem- yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, okay, I'll all right. Um, so yeah, they they checked that spot multiple times, and then they um they went back and they found the body there. Mm-hmm. Yet even with the body, the case was little um saw little resolution. The body had been decayed so badly that no cause of death could be determined. Mm. Like, God damn, it's like you do all that to Finally found a find body. a body, and then now you can't even can't fucking do figure out why. Only fueling the further speculation about what kind of disturbing end she might have met. Mm. So these, I'm about to, I'm, I'm pretty much at the end of the story. This is um this part is about the theories um about the Bennington Triangle. Interesting. The um intriguing mysteries and unexplained events associated with the Bennington Triangle have caused many to speculate wildly about the possibilities of um perhaps paranormal forces at work, a nation bolstered by alleged UFO and mm. Bigfoot sightings 
in the region. Oh, you know you're going down a, a real juicy path when big, <laughs> when big, whenever Bigfoot pops up on some shit, chupacabra, any of that, you're like, okay, you know, this is some crazy shit. That, that's the shit I'm into. Yeah, they start. I think Big, Bigfoot is real. To be yeah, honest. but if he was real, he would. He's not immortal. I've been hearing about Bigfoot How for you like a hundred years. Maybe now. he's just one Bigfoot. He just, I don't know. We would know about a gang of Bigfoots. That's what I'm saying. Everybody just keeps saying Bigfoot like it's just one. Just one Bigfoot. But it's been one Bigfoot. for What's his lifespan? I don't know. It would be if it was multiple Bigfoot. It was Big Feet. We know we would have seen a, <laughs> you know, a gaggle of Big Feet or a murder of Big Feet, whatever you call like a group of Bigfoot. You would have seen them. But if it's just one dude, he can't be alive still. I've been hearing about Bigfoot for about seventy yeah, years that's now. True. So others believe that the burst of missing persons um, between 1945 and 1950 may have been the work of a serial killer. Okay. But the sheer lack of evidence to back this up, as well as the variety of the victims' ages and genders, um, defying the usual patterns of serial killers, mm. likely rules so out Richard Ramirez. the theory as well. Yep. So did Richard Ramirez. Others still c- contend that the disappeared, the disappeared met their demise at the claws of an indigenous mountain cat such as the L Y N X. Oh, a, a lynx. A lynx. That's what it's called. A lynx. A. Oh, yeah. Uh, they look like they were with the pointy ears. Okay, I know. What it is. Okay, like a bobcat. A lynx. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So they say lynx, bobcat, or a catamount. You know what that is? No, I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's another type of cat, like a, a Vermont cat? cat, probably. Medium size, a large wild cat. Yep. Mm. Especially a cougar. So somewhere yeah. in that that family. However, a bobcat or what is it called, lynx, mm-hmm. are not are not known to be aggressive to humans. Mm. And the catamount has. Who are not, you people to just say shit like that? I don't. I don't. I don't. If they feel like, if they're hungry, that's what I'm saying. And you don't anything in sight, they're not aggressive towards you. Right. Okay, they will. Uh, they will try to attack you. It's a wild animal. Yeah. Who are you to just be like just cast a, a broad blanket like that? Like wolves. If you don't bother wolves, <laughs> they won't bother you. Right. What? Uh, so the catamount has not been incredibly sighted since the since before 1940 and has been declared extinct. So that whatever that is doesn't yeah. even exist anymore. All in all, when trying to tie the disappearances together in hopes of a discovering solution to the mysteries, there is little to go on. The only known similarities between the most well-known documented cases in Bennington Triangle are the close proximity of the disappearances, the time of day when most were last seen between 3 p.m. and 4 p.m., and the time of year when most were last seen, uh, which is the final three months of the year. Which is kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. Um, with little in the way of evidence, paranormal theories concerning the cases have taken hold. For those interested in the paranormal, such theories dovetail with other, uh, more recent odd occurrences in the Bennington Triangle area. Um, so it says that these occurrences included terrifying voices allegedly showing up on dead air radio, sighting of mysterious, mysterious figures, Unexplained navigation mishaps. Now that sounds like some movie shit. Mm. GPS just start fucking up. Yeah. And planes that mysteriously crash. Now that sounds like the Bermuda Triangle. That happened. Yes, there, right? yes, yeah. So this, so thus, it's no surprise that the Bennington Triangle attracts those with a um, uh, penchant for the area to this day. Mm. I got this. Is I got this article from AllThingsInteresting.com. Great website. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty cool because. I do know a little bit about the Bermuda Triangle, but I didn't know anything about the the Bennington. Um, I've never triangle. heard of the Bennington Triangle in yeah. my life. Uh, it was a very great story. Yep. Uh, what my where my brain went while you were telling your story was, and uh, this podcast, I try not to generalize um, as where I can and where I can't. Because one thing I've noticed is funny is 
white people more so than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you go to like a black comedy club or even like a Spanish comedy, like if you see George Lopez comedy and stuff like yeah. that, when he goes like, man, Chicanos, we this, that, and the third, everybody just laughs. Yeah. Black people, man, black people, you know, when it's like this and it's like that, we do this. And we all just laugh. White people are like, um, actually, I'm not like that. Like, their white people are very much like, oh. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's regional. Like, they're very quick to be like, I don't know who you hang out with, but like, it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm an individual. So, I'm, I'm speaking generally. I'm, but I'm saying white people like to go outside. Yeah. Right. Hike and survivalist yeah. and all this type of shit like that. Right. And my brain went to like because um, there's a lot of stuff that is racially categorized for a reason and if you go look at the history right so mm. like people go man like black black people a lot of black people i mean a lot of black people, of black people that don't know how to swim that's crazy yeah. and then if you go back generally generationally and you go and look at how black people were treated when there were public pools in the 1950s and stuff white people would come and pour bleach in the pools they wouldn't let black people swim at the public pools mm. and when black people got their own public pools they, they would fuck them up because they didn't yeah. want black people in their community. The same way like they take the hoops down and stuff like that. Yep. They didn't want black people congregating, so they put bleach in the pool, come to scare everybody. And then when white people started moving out of these neighborhoods, they would go and get pools in their own backyard. Mm-hmm. And then the black people stayed in these communities that didn't get funded and didn't get any in, intercommunal help. And so when the public pools closed down, they didn't have pools in their backyard. So it was a whole generation of people who they just grew swim. up and like, I don't know how to swim. I don't yeah. never even been to a pool in my life. And then but now it's like, man, you can't swim. That's crazy. When you like are like now people are you know, people intermingle and you got white friends and black friends, and then you bring your black friend to the beach and they're like, You don't want to go get in the, the water, Rashad? And he's no. like, I can't swim. They're like, that's crazy. Like, we all know how to swim. And he just goes, I don't know. I just don't know how to swim. And it's it's there's a generational thing to it. Yeah. And you start to learn that stuff when you start to co-mingle with people. Same when people are like, well, I'm French and I'm um, a quarter Dutch. What are you? And you go, I'm, I'm black. I black. don't know. I don't know what that I am. There's me. a reason for that, though. You know what I mean? And so when you, I was listening to your story about hiking and stuff, and I, and I go, man, like, what if, you know, I know black people that, you know, I, very few. But there are some black people who like to go out and go hiking and whatever. Yeah. But it's v- way less common than white people putting on backpacks and having all the gear and going climbing rocks and shit like that. And you go, well, there was a time in this country where black people were like fleeing through mountains and trying to get away from slavery and everything like that. And what if black people were just like, at at a certain point, there was a generation of black people that were like, I'm tired of running and (laughs) I just want to be at home and and chill. And that's why maybe most black people or a lot of black people are homebodies because it's just like, that's just what I learned. Yeah, my grandmother was a homebody. It's like go out in the woods. I'm, no, bad shit happens in the woods. People burn crosses in the woods. Yeah. so you just never know how much of that ancestral trauma leads back to something that's a reason that you do something you don't even realize. Yeah, we're just like I don't really like going outside and going into the woods. And you go, that might be your your blood telling you, no nah, man, don't go in the woods, Stay man. Stay away from those woods. Yeah. You know. So while you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, just crazy. Like every. So, as far back as you can, the stories from the 40s, yeah. as far back as you can go, and you go now, white people love putting on a book bag and just going and put some boots on and go Alone walk out. Too. And, yeah, go hiking and whatever. They find solace in it. I'm terrified when I'm in the woods by myself. You know, yeah. I, there's no like, man, the nature and all that, you know, it just isn't in me. I have to, I have to work to get to that point to yeah. where I would, you'd have to really make it a lifelong hobby. But white people just naturally are just like, yeah, let's go for a hike. You know, nah, man. and I, there, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a connection to that and like 
running from slave masters and, you know, a- your ancestral lineage and, and just the history of this country and why you might not, and an American black person might be like, nah, I don't fuck with the woods. Yeah. You know, as opposed to just being like, well, I don't know, it's just me. Like, as a, I'm an individual. I feel like a lot of stuff with black people is like, we learned it generationally. And now it's just like, I don't know how to swim because I don't know how to swim. But it's like, no, maybe you don't know how to swim because generationally, there's been no association to water that you had because of a, a point that you can get to where you go, okay, well, your, your great-great-grandfather used to love to swim. Yeah. And then them racist people came and put bleach all in the water, and then, you know, he never went he to the pool swim. again. Yeah. You know, it traumatized him. So now nobody swims. You know, so that's where my brain went. Just some, just thinking. Yeah. But. I used to have to cut through the woods to go to school. I used to be terrified. Yeah, and those aren't Looking even around. woods, really. Like you're just in some trees. Like it's yeah, just, it's, it's a it's a short tail. Yeah, even that. Just being in some trees, you're like it's a people. Somebody watching. Somebody me. watching. Yeah, me, somebody yeah. creeping up on you. Yeah, shit, yeah. Nah, man. Paranoid, man. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's where my brain went. So, uh, but yeah, let's uh get out of that. What we're gonna do is we're gonna get into these good vibes so we can get up out of here because we're tired. I'm not really sure who goes first this week, friend. Me. Okay, cool. Did you went, you did it, the first one. Take it away. So one of the surest ways to keep history from repeating itself is to shine the light in the darkest corners. And that's exactly what the 67-year-old reverend has set out to do in the towns of in the town of Lawrence, South Carolina. Mm. In 2019, Reverend David Kennedy and local historian Regan Freeman established the Echo Foundation. Its mission Transforming a symbol of racial inequality into a into an opportunity for uh, reconcile, reconciliation and education. Their target, the Echo Theater, which at one time was a whites-only hall and later a storefront, museum, and recruitment center dedicated to glorify the white supremacy. Mm. A recruitment center. That's, that's, that's wild. To be a black person in America, I have too many stories to share that people wouldn't believe. Um... That's what Reverend Kennedy told CNN. Kennedy was instrumental in the in the lengthy legal battle that closed the redneck shop. His story may seem familiar to you because it because part of his saga, the outreach to a former foe, was chronicled in the 2018 film Burden. John Howard and Michael Burden were all were co-owners of the redneck shop. When Burden broke from the ranks of the KKK, Reverend Kennedy offered sanctuary and spiritual support to him and his family. Mm. After the store was closed by the courts in 2012, rather than destroy its contents, many of the artifacts were saved to be used as a teaching, to be used as teaching points to engage in meaningful, transformative conversation about racial history. So far, the Echo Project has raised close to $375,000 towards its goal of, rest, of restoration and renaissance for the Echo Theater. In addition to the museum, the space will also house community classrooms. We don't want to just have a museum to tell this story. We also want to detail what happened here to make sure it never happened again, Freeman added. And it's about to become a place for reconciliation, justice, and healing. So that was I thought that was pretty cool. That was in South Carolina. I can't even imagine walking down the street and seeing a, a KKK store, essentially, with just people just, <laughs> just hanging out and yeah. fucking... Recruiting other motherfuckers to come in there and that's that is wild. 
that's wild to me. Yeah, man, there's this documentary I saw a trailer for. I don't know if it came out last year or a couple of years ago. I can't really remember the name of it, but it's basically a documentary about um, people that like used to be in the Klan uh-huh. and people that used to be racist, and then they're not racist anymore through whatever kind of revolutionary you know exposure to people that don't look like them. And then they, in turn, try to get people out of I think you told me about this before. I might have. I don't yeah. know. Um, but my the struggle I have is where it's like, you know, after you see the events like what happened on January 6th and everything, you go, I don't, why, it's not my job to try to convince you yeah. that people are, you know, not dangerous because they don't look like you, right? So why should I, why should I have to get to know somebody that I don't want to get to know? Yeah. Why should I have to, why should I have to go like, well, I mean, he does like, he would kill me typically, but if I just keep yeah. digging and keep proving to him that I'm a nice person keep proving to her that I'm not whatever preconceived notion that she is. Eventually I'll help them not be a sick person anymore. It's like, well, I don't really, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know? So I have these kind of mixed emotions when I see documentaries like that, because the purpose of the documentary is to go, well, nobody's not, nobody's unredeemable. People, uh, everybody has a story and some people just need to be exposed to Mm -hmm. things to realize that they're ignorant or wrong or whatever. And you go, yeah, okay, I guess. But like, a, a person in the clan, yeah. You know, if, if you never had clams before, you know, you know, you don't really like veal. It's like, okay, okay, I can maybe I can take you to a place that does a great veal, and I can enlighten you. Mm. But like, why should I have to hang out with the person that's in the clan or believes that you know, you know, Hillary Clinton like eats babies or whatever? Why should I have to like hang out with that person to help them? Yeah, I don't want to. Right. So that's the that's it's not the, my job. That's the that's that's what. That's what the last four years have done to me. Mm. Where you go like, well, I don't really feel like doing that. Yeah. You know, and that's my right. I don't why should I people go like, Yeah, but like you're like, you know, you're eloquent and you 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 can pe- people, you're a likable person. Like, why don't, you know, people like you start those conversations or whatever? It's like, yeah, I guess, but like uh, there should be I should I should it's not wrong for me to have a limit, right? Like a Nazi is that's my limit. Like I don't wanna bridge the gap. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. That's a hard one because uh, I used to be very much a guy that's I, I still am. I'm a guy that's like conversations are important and it's, it's good for people to talk and you can it's OK to have disagreements and differences of opinion and things like that. But not on like human rights and, you know, whether or not somebody's a full human being. And it's some stuff that's just not up for debate for me. So that's where my um, that's where the uh, the conflict comes for me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my good vibe story. I actually need to turn the music down because I'm going to need to play. Uh, music from somewhere else. So uh, my good vibe story is about a postman who started the online craze of singing sea shanties. He has now quit his job to pursue a career in music. Now, for I'm good him. I'm assuming you don't know what a sea shanty is, and I'll play some exa- absolutely not. I'll play some examples of it when I finish the story. Um, so hot off the presses from this isn't it ironic? From the isn't it ironic department comes the story of a seasick postman who's about to get his 15 minutes of fame and likely a whole lot more, by singing what else? Sea shanties. For those of you not familiar with the jaunty ditties, sea shanties dating back uh, are songs that date back more than 600 years, and they're folk songs that are sung by fishermen, whalers, pirates, merchants, privateers, and pretty, and pretty much anyone who earned their uh, keep sailing the seven seas. So you might see this in like a um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean or something. They're in a, they're in a bar. They ho- they're holding a flog in a veil and they're like a rim dim diddy and a sum bum dig and a doop doop shabby libby doop. Is that bow. what that is? Yeah, that's called a sea shanty. 
like those old songs. They're like, and Mary went down, and they and they all just know it. Yeah, those are sea shanties. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> the tunes feature a steady beat to keep time, and the days when uh, maritime trade was the king were crooned in unison by ships, crews, and and they uh, and they toiled at the la- at their at their as they toiled at their labors. Likely or not, in 2021, sea shanties have become all the rage on TikTok. I've seen black people singing sea shanties, which is, I think that's probably my favorite. Like sea chant, like dudes, two dudes from Atlanta being like, "Bro, what is this?" And it's like a squim dum squitty in a doom scum squay. And he's like, "Man, what is this shit?" And then after like 10 seconds, then he starts singing it. He's like, it like infects him. He's like, mm. "Ah, fuck with this shit." And swing bang beat a leader squim bum That's what I like the most. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Um, this this craze has made a comeback on TikTok, and the man that we have to thank for that trend is 26-year-old Scottish postman named Nathan Evans. Mm. Yeah, might be a long-distance relative. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Evans, who has a powerful and pleasing singing voice, has been posting TikTok music videos for some time. His first sea shanty went up last June at a fan's request. After hauling in a... Le- a, Le- a, Levi- a Leviathan's worth of followers, Evans recorded his second shanty, The Weller Man, last December to the tune of 7.5 million views. Here's a little sample of it. Damn. And I can get down with this a bit. I got some, I got some, some whiskey in me. You know, I'm at a, you know, I got some, some white dudes got their arms around me and we're rocking. Yeah. We're in that vibe and the beer spilling on us and whatever. And they just getting there in their bag. Yeah. Cause sometimes you just gotta let white dudes get in their bag and you just, you're there and you just gotta follow the lead. You know, yeah. they get me on this and I catch the flow and then shot ling bang bang and swing bum bing and ling dang. And uh, next thing you know, I'm crip walking, you know, I'm on top of a bar, you know, I'm having a good ass time. You yeah. Know? Um, so that was. I can't hear the lyrics, man. You talking over the? You talking over the lyrics, man? Oh, are, you, are, are the lyrics is what's gonna I do it wanna, for you? I just hear the beat. I don't really hear. My bad. Here, I'll shut up. Okay. Did that help you? Mm-hmm. You don't know what he just said. No, I don't. <laughs> anyway, as in the days of yore, he soon had had scored, uh, had scores of internet shipmates singing as as well as playing along including none other than legendary music composer and impresario Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Evans' rendition of The Weller Man proved so popular, he decided to quit his day job to pursue a music career. Oh, He said it all started started getting hectic. Uh, This is what he said back in January 21st in an interview in iNews UK. I was getting mail about interviews and radio, and I kept rolling on. Last Friday, I was like, right, I need to make a change here. Because I was too busy on my phone looking at emails and trying to post letters. I was like, this is not sustainable. Uh, while Evans is hopeful that the tides of fortune will, will steer him toward fame and fortune, the mail carrier remains pragmatic about his, his prospects. Uh, he says the future will be quite bright, he hopes. Uh, this, is once in a, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and it's never going to come around again. Hopefully if, nothing comes, hopefully, if nothing comes of it, then I can go back and continue being a postman. Okay. Keep that, you know, keep that, you know, keep that steady job on the back burner just in case, you know, but, you go, but, but pursue your dreams. Well, I mean, I'm sure you didn't quit like, man, fuck this place. I'm sure it was like, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, with, with, with blessings. And where was this at? In Scotland. Yeah, it doesn't work t- like that here. Yeah. He was like, you're never coming back. <laughs> uh, he said, but I thought, he said, I thought, I thought at the minute I'll seize it and see what happens. So he's just going to see what happens. Try to make as much money as he can. And if it all yeah. falls apart, you can go back to his job. Sea shanties. 
that what it's called? It's sea shanties, yes. Hmm. As high as Evan Starr may rise, just don't look for him to do any of his warbling abroad a cruise ship once the pandemic has ended. Even the motion of the ocean from something as tame as a ferry boat ride is enough to make him ill. So he's he's he he can't he's he likes to see sing sea shanties, but like he can't boats. go on the sea. <laughs> and this is a compilation oh, of people right. singing uh other people's this is people playing the violin and duetting and all this type of stuff so he started a whole craze it's on the talk huh it's on the talk it's on the talk yeah somebody on there got the with the boys the men deep voice yeah um but yeah no shout out to this young man mr evans and uh, nathan evans That's you dope. can follow him on tiktok nathan evans you can hear some more sea shanties i just thought that was a dope little fun yeah. thing you know um People get these 15 minutes of fame, and a lot of times it's for something stupid. But uh, I like when people are like, I'm going to try to make the most out of this opportunity. Now, you know who's capitalizing the most? My boy, Dogface420. He is, man, let me give it up for him one time before we get up out of here. My man got himself a new red truck. Another one? He turned in that bullshit ass uh, oh, ocean did. spray truck that they get, the work truck. I'd have gave him back to him. Yeah, I'd have him like, hey, take this. Yep. Now you got him the uh, uh, fucking Chevy Silverado. Okay. Sit the same color. He, 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 he like did a subtle nod to the to the ocean spray people, like, yeah. I got the truck. You should have got me. Yep. He put that thing on like some 26s. Mm. They like crazy rims. And he's just on on tic, on on, on uh, Instagram every day, dancing and singing, smoking weed. He has all kind of weed sponsorships. He has That's a home. Nice. I love it, man. I, I'm so happy for him, bro. Because that Vine, I mean, that TikTok is so positive. Yeah. And he continues to just spread positivity. He's not stepping outside his lane. He's not trying to become an actor. He's just still doing those little goofy TikToks that he does. And they're funny. And they're positive, And they're just silly things that he does. And people like it. He has yeah. good energy. I fuck with that. My boy, uh, Mr. Hotspot, you look good. Smile. That dude's still hilarious. He's one of the funniest dudes on Instagram. <laughs> Why you yeah, doing it? Like that. Like that. Why you doing Jeez. it? Like, <laughs> Why you doing it like you're doing it like that? Nobody can do it like you. Smile for him. <laughs> like, I just love people that spread positivity, stay in their lane, and just, if you do those things, the, the, all the blessings will come. Yeah. It's when people try to go outside of the shit and go too far. Stay in your lane, bro. Sometimes your lane is good enough. And that's my advice for this week, bro. Um, uh, before I get out of here, I got some advice. A couple movies I want to rattle off. I watched a, a Black Bear starring Aubrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza and Christopher Abbott. Phenomenal movie. This movie will be robbed if it's not nominated for something at the Academy Awards. Aubrey Plaza put on a dominating performance. She was amazing. I, I loved her performance. She was fantastic. And I caught up to The Servant Friend, the, the Apple TV show. Okay. That show is fucking nuts. It's yeah. really fucking good. And I don't watch anything on Apple TV. You have Apple, Apple TV? TV? I don't have Apple TV. I mean, yet. you have Apple, whatever that service is? No, I got oh. the, I got the little. Oh, you got it. I got the doo wop that you know. They no, not the thing it? I was telling you about. Oh, okay. The thing before that. Okay. Peep Cody. I got Cody. Yeah. Okay. You know, go and click and I can watch whatever I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I watched it on that, and that show's really fucking good. It's a really mm. fucking good show. It's creepy. It goes somewhere else without the doll. The doll is like a small part of the thing. It's crazy. Yeah. Great show. Um. And uh. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh. Got anything? Um, it's the, I, I'm not. I found about a new podcast. I haven't listened to it yet. It's called Job Salute. Haven't got to it. Job Salute. Yes, yeah, it's, it's about it's jobs. Very clever jobs that are. Oh, a podcast. A podcast that I have been loving is a podcast, but outside. Okay, that's like my. It's like it's so funny. It's just these two dudes. They're really funny. They go set up their podcast equipment outside, uh -huh. and they just podcast with people on the street. 
But oh, they're really? really great at improv. So the, okay. the, the peep, these like random real people would be like, yeah, I work at a garbage dump. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So, and they like, they just, they just riff with the person. Oh shit. But the person isn't really aware that he's riffing. He's yeah. just is like being real. Like, yeah. yeah, then my dog died. So I ate the dog food. Oh, okay, cool. You know, when you get hungry, you know, like they just, they're <laughs> like, they just are real quick. Uh, it's really fucking funny. What is it called? Podcast outside? Podcast, but outside. But outside, okay. I'm yeah, so that. that's really fucking funny. But uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get up out of here, man. This was a very uh, late recording, and yeah. thank you, Fran, for coming through. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.